Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of The Drop. Greg Wyshynski, Ardo Cal, we are here twice every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, wherever you get your audio podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, as well as the NHL on ESPN YouTube. Later in the show, we will be joined by one of our esteemed ESPN analysts, AJ Malesko, Olympic gold medalist, national champion, uh, to break down some of the current state of the teams in the National Hockey League. But we begin, Wish, with the most important story in the NHL right now, and that is the Leafs' goal song. What Absolutely. is going on in Toronto? This thing is changing more than a hot potato. They No decisions are being made. What is All we know is that there's no hollow notes. That is all we know right now. <laughs> The transformative hot potato. Look, the Leafs had a goal song for the last few years. It was Hall and Oates's You Make My Dreams Come True. If you haven't heard it, well, we can't play it for you because certain algorithms don't like when you use music. So I will do it a cappella. You make my dreams come true. Ooh, ooh. You know the song. Your parents listen to it. So that was their goal song. It was quite ironic, but it was also quite catchy. But they got rid of it, Arda. And decided they're going to change Finally, the vibe, by the way, much the to music. the delight, much to the delight of Leafs fans and probably many of the players, the news came out that it was going to be changed. All right. Right. Okay. So they're going to change it this season. And uh, the big first change they made was to change it to uh, DJ Steve Aoki's remix of Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi, uh, which you may remember as the party song from the movie Project X, if you're of a certain age. And uh, it's the song that's like, that one, you know, that song. So they decide to go with that. But then Arda, they decide not to go with it because according to Nick Alberga of Leafs Nation, uh, he reported that the Leafs received some complaints about the song's message or lyrics uh, and have replaced the pursuit of happiness with the rotation of different songs. I thought maybe it was because Kid Cudi was a Golden Knights fan. I mean, uh, that uh, Steve Yoki was a Golden Knights fan, not the case. Uh, it has references, this song, Arda, to drunk driving, to drugs. Oh, my gosh. What a what a novelty that is in modern music. Uh, but they've replaced that song with a rotation of different songs. So we go from Hall & Oates to the Kid Cudi song to rotation of different songs adversity adversity strikes the toronto maple leaves at the beginning of their quest for the cup arda what should happen with uh, there are some very creative goal songs around the league most notably of course the buffalo sabers who allow each player to pick their own goal songs which i think is a fantastic tradition but in your opinion wish what should happen? What should the final um, decision be as it pertains to the Leafs goal song? I think it should be personalized. My hot take is that teams like the Panthers and the Sabres have figured this thing out. Look, we are always looking for ways to bring the personalities of players out front you know, honor the name on the back instead of the logo on the front in this league. We're always trying to just squeeze the stones that are these guys' personalities to get anything out of them and giving them the chance to 
uh, name their own goal song that's played when they score, I think is one of the simplest and easiest ways to try to figure out a little bit more about these guys. For example, the Florida Panthers, they allow their players to choose their own goal songs last year. Matthew Kachuk chooses the Chucky song. It became synonymous with him. It, it became it like his theme music last season. The Buffalo Sabres allowed their players to pick their own goal songs for the last couple of years. This season, you have Peyton Krebs picking Rasputin by Boney M, a 1978 Euro disco hit single. Peyton Krebs has never been more interesting than through his choice of goal celebration song. And Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner, choosing Breaking Free from High School Musical as his goal song. Again, a, a a window into the soul of Jeff Skinner right there. So my solution to all of this, with due respect to teams that have established goal songs, you know, teams like the Blackhawks, teams like the Rangers and what have you, let the players choose their own songs. It will go a long way into, you know, cracking through the veneer of the boring NHL player to figure a little bit more about what's lying underneath. It gives us content as well, something to talk about, but also <laughs> it gives fans something to look forward to because it's hilarious. I agree with you 100%. I love that solution. If I were to offer another solution, please, Toronto, Toronto is the absolute perfect market to for an NHL team to have another custom goal song. How many musicians can you instantly think of off the top of your head that would be more than willing to record a custom song for the Toronto Maple Leafs right on, right at the top of the list is Justin Bieber. The guy loves the Leafs. He goes to a bunch of games. All it takes is one phone call and he will immediately have a song at the ready for you and maybe even collaborate with a bunch of people like Drake and other people to make a banger of a song. By the way, my favorite goal song in the entire league is the Dallas Stars goal song. I think they have one of the best songs in all of sports. Pantera, love yes. the Dallas Stars. They created that song like, what, 20, 20 years ago at least? And it's still being used, and it's still amazing, and the fans love it. It's basically become like a heart and soul thing, for the like a part of the identity of the Dallas Stars. That's what I want for teams around the league, like Toronto, because they have musicians at the ready Look, for them the last thing the last thing i'll say before we actually talk about hockey on this hockey podcast <laughs> um which i know is my fault but but look, the, the the bieber centricity that comes from you every time we talk about the toronto maple leafs on this podcast has has made me has made me very wary of them ever winning the cup i know the prominence he'll have in their parade he'll be the lead float He'll be, it'll be, everything will be branded to his, 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 uh, his, his casual wear company. Like I'm, I'm dreading it now. I'm dreading it because of how Bieber centric it'll be. The second thing is you just casually throw out. Yeah. He should collab with Drake. You know, the only way that Bieber collaborates is if it's DJ Khaled acting as the Nick Fury of the Bieber universe to bring together the Avengers for such songs. So the guy you need to be targeting is DJ Khaled. Fair enough. And that will absolutely happen. Uh, and by the way, uh, we had Steve Mayer, chief content officer of the NHL on the show, who pretty much confirmed that Bieber will be performing at the All-Star game. I mean, pretty he much. he did. He pretty didn't. Much. But I mean, he might. He didn't say he wouldn't. I mean, I think we could probably put that out there. Yeah. Officially, right. unofficially, whatever. What is semantics? Okay. That's in our Thank archives. Thank you.
We're going to go to the one. I, I want we love doing power rankings here on the show. We love to rank things. We love to put things in order of 1 to 10. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to talk pure goal scorers today in the National Hockey League. If we were to put together a list of the 10 best pure goal scorers, uh, this is the list that we would provide to you here on the drop. Would you like to go? We should probably go 10 to 1. We're going to go 10 to 1. I, I want to say this was kind of like our power rankings idea sprung from the goal scoring exploits of players like Austin Matthews early in the season. I mean, he's been an absolute tear, a historic hat trick centric tear early in the season. But it got us thinking, you know, who are the players who you want the puck to be on their stick at a critical moment? Who are the players where goal scoring is their calling card, the finishers, the snipers in this league? Who are the top 10 of that group of player and we will begin with the new kid on the block arda that's right we are hot shotting connor bedard of the chicago blackhawks to number 10 on the 10 best pure goal scorers in the national hockey league and you might be saying to yourself hey didn't you guys just complain about connor bedard being overhyped and now you have him at number 10 on the 10 best goal scorers in the national hockey league three games into his career or four games into his career? And the answer is yes, we have done that. Because you know why, Arda? Because he had an incredible junior career, 134 goals and 134 games for the Regina Pats. We've already seen NHL goalies struggling with the deception of his shot. I, I am comfortable, comfortable putting Connor Bedard at number 10 on this list, even now in his career. And I and I love creating controversy, and people would certainly talk about this. And by the way, speaking of his deceptive shot, uh, we talked with the recently retired goaltender Corey Schneider, uh, who gave us a great explanation of exactly why Connor Bedard's shot, Austin Matthews' shot, why they are so deceptive. He went into the weeds on it. I highly recommend you check it out. That is in our archives. Number nine, Tage Thompson. I love to call him Center Stage Thompson. I love when the puck is on his stick because he pulls off things that you just wouldn't expect, especially from someone who's uh, six foot six and towering over people on the ice. He had 47 goals last season. I see that continuing. He is number nine on our list. Yeah, seventh in the NHL over the last three seasons and goals per 60 minutes at five on five. He's kind of, for me morphed into sort of a junior Austin Matthews, a name you may be hearing later in this list, in the sense that he's just a big hulking center uh, that does so many good things offensively. Defensively, maybe not junior Austin Matthews because Tage doesn't really play a lot of defense. But this is about scoring goals, Arda, and few do it better five on five than Tage Thompson. Why don't we go back and forth? So you take number eight. Number eight for me is Nathan McKinnon. Is there a better combination of finishing chances and skating power in the National Hockey League than Nathan McKinnon? Again, most of this list is about how they finish, how they score. You do have to factor in how they get to the net. And the fact of the matter is that Nathan McKinnon is an, is an absolute tank trying to get him off the puck. It's extraordinarily hard. He's extraordinarily strong. And when it comes down to it, his shot, his finish is elite amongst NHL players. I like him at eight on this list. Number seven might actually be controversial. I know yep. we're talking about pure goal scorers. We have Connor McDavid at number seven. The narrative, of course, going into last season was, all right, Connor McDavid is going to shoot more. And when he shoots more, he scores 64 goals. Okay, 
So obviously he's an elite goal scorer. When he wants to be an elite goal scorer, the question is, will he continue to want to be an elite goal scorer? But right. if he does wish, if he does, if he does shoot the puck more, we know the potential is there, right? We know he can score that many goals at will, it seems, at times. And he has some of the most beautiful goals that we have seen, th honestly, in the last several years. The yeah. highlight reels that he's putting up. Phenomenal goal scorer. But again, like, but you just, what you just said is like the highlight reel. Like for me, McDavid is more about the speed and the, and the stick handling uh, than his finishing ability as a goal scorer. And, you know, like you said, I mean, he puts the shot volume on goal. He gets the 60 goals. There's an equal chance that maybe he decides he just wants to win the Selkie one year. And then we have him seventh in this list. We look like a bunch of idiots because he scores 30 goals because his attention is elsewhere. No, listen, joking aside, he's an elite offensive player. I do think, though, from a pure goal scoring perspective, the other players ahead of him, of him on this list are better finishers than Connor McDavid. Okay, that was my question. If he, let's just assume a hypothetical scenario, he decided he wanted to shoot the puck more for the rest of his career. Does he go higher on this list? I guess we can answer that question as we go along on this list. I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I think. I again, I'm not trying to take it away anything from away from Connor McDavid. He's a lead offensive player. Um, as good a playmaker as we've seen, yeah. the speed and skill are unparalleled by anybody else in this list. But putting the puck in the net, based on the numbers, there are some players better. Okay, number six. Number six is Jason Robertson, right? Sixth in the NHL in goals for 60 at five and five over the last three years. I, I know a favorite of yours, Arda, insofar as his offensive ability, and I think he's shown to be an elite goal scorer on what is arguably the best line in hockey when it's clicking with him uh, Rube Hansen, Joe Pavelski. Number five, McDavid's uh, teammate, Leon <laughs> Dreisaitl. Back-to-back 50-goal seasons, three total, 40-piece in there as well. Uh, we know he can score. We know he's incredible with his shot. We know he gets the job done, puts the biscuit in the basket. Uh, and he's, by many people's accounts, the second-best player in the NHL. The fact that the Oilers have McDavid and Dreisaitl on a team is still uh, astounding to me. And he is right in the middle of our list at number five. Yeah. And and so why is he ahead of Connor? Well, two reasons for me. One is that he has the highest shooting percentage of any active player, according to hockey reference at 18%. Um, and and I would argue that as, as great as Connor is, the best power play goal scorer we've seen since Ovechkin is probably Leon Dreisaitl. And and so does McDavid get a hand on that? Absolutely, he does. Someone's given Leon the puck, but Leon's the guy burying them at a rate that we've not really seen since Ovechkin. Uh, and so because of that, I think he should be higher than Connor on this list, and I have him at number five overall. Number four. Miko Rantanen. Now, this is an interesting one because, again, like Miko Rantanen is never top of mind for a lot of fans in this league. I mean, I, he remains kind of a subtly underrated player, even though he could have been an MVP uh, choice last year for the way he shepherded the avalanche through all those injuries. His finishing ability by the numbers is better than that of McKinnon. Uh, and he's fourth overall in the last three seasons in five on five goals per 60. Uh, so I, I think Miko Rantanen, folks, belongs on this list and is a very, very qualified finisher and one of the better pure goal scorers in the league. Very good point about how we don't talk about him enough in lists like this. He had 55 last season and he had not cracked 40 before that. So yeah, interesting that he's at number four. Maybe some people will disagree there, but 
uh, justified based on what you just said there. Number three, I think there's a lot of legacy in this one, but I think it's well-deserved. We put Alex Ovechkin at number three. Uh, he has zero goals this season, though, so, I mean, he must be a bust. You know, like, I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just disappointed in his output so far. <laughs> Uh, 822, he's going to get to 850 this season. Uh, it will be the middle of next season estimates on when he will surpass 99 for most goals all time in a career. But I guess, okay, if we're looking at it today, right? Like, obviously, he's regret anyone will regress when you get into your mid to late 30s, right? But like, yeah, him at number three today, as compared to all the other talents on this list today, why is he at number three? You know, the argument is probably that at this point in his career, based on, you know, his skating speed and, and everything else, that he's a one trick pony. But what if that trick was the greatest trick anyone had ever seen in the history of hockey? Because that's the thing. He's the best goal scorer of all time. I don't care if he catches Gretzky or not to be where he is in his career totals in the era in which he plays it's it's not even an argument for me that he's better than Gretzky as a goal scorer. Uh, and the bottom line for me is that when you put him in the OB spot and let him rip, there's still nobody better uh, in, in doing that particular skill. Um, yeah, he 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 is one dimensional, but that one dimension is better than 99.9% of the goal scorers in this league. So I still feel comfortable putting Ovechkin in the top three, although can't put him at number one anymore. So who's our runner up? Our, our runner-up is David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins, second and five-on-five goals over the last three seasons, uh, fourth in overall goals. Uh, like Dreisaitl, you know, earns his keep on the power play, scores a ton there for the Boston Bruins. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like now that they no longer have a Patrice Bergeron of the bumper position for a full season uh, for the first time in a long time. So, uh, but for me, you know, the numbers don't lie. And, and Pasternak obviously earned a massive contract based on his goal-scoring prowess. And uh, I think he deserves to be number two on this list. And number one, no surprise to many, is Austin Matthews. 60 goal season, 73 games a couple seasons ago, 40 in his rookie year. He's had five 40 goal seasons. We talk about the deception of his shot and how uh, crazy it is for goaltenders to try and predict, and they often can't. But um, he's really changed the game in terms of that deception and the way that he releases with that puck so uh he's he 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 could like i know he was 13 away that season but like if you were to th this is why i personally have him number one if you were to pick a player to get a goal a game in a season he would be my first pick like hmm. it's not it 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 it, it is very challenging, very difficult. It may not happen, but if you were to say, pick me one player in the NHL that could get 82 goals in 82 games, I would pick Austin Matthews. I, I like that. I agree. I, I agree with Austin you. Matthews. Yeah. I think, and, and that speaks to why he's number one for me, which is that the combination of size, speed, skill, and finishing is something that I don't think we've seen from a center since Mary Lemieux. And, I, and that ain't hyperbole. Like, I think Austin Matthews is legitimately, as a center, the best goal-scoring center we've had since Mario. And Mario was the guy that you, if you were talking, if we were having this conversation uh, 20 years ago, Arda, that's the answer to the question. Which guy in this league do you think could score a goal a game? It's Mary Lemieux. Which guy do you think could score a goal a game? It's it's Austin Matthews at this point. That is our power rankings for the top 10 pure goal scores. If you have any suggestions, by the way, if you want to see us rank uh, anything in different categories, hit us up on 
uh, social media, and uh, we'll happily do that. But this is our list here. Uh, and someone who is high on our list of analysts at the NHL and ESPN is the great AJ Malesko, and she joins us now on The Drop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very happy to be joined here on The Drop on ESPN by the great A.J. Malesko, one of our analysts on the NHL on ESPN. I wish we often talk about the triple gold club, right? Well, it's Mm. actually probably a quadruple gold club in A.J.'s case. Oh, Kazmaier, national championship, an Olympic gold, but also maybe most importantly, the reigning and defending for the past two years, ping pong tag team champion. (laughs) And hasn't even been threatened in the last two years. That's how, like, much of a force she is in this world. Unbelievable. Well, well, listen, I mean, you can't throw that out there without saying that I lean very heavily on my ping pong partner, Arda Ocal. So, I mean, we are are a force to be reckoned with. I don't know about the three other things you mentioned. All That's what I'm hanging my, my hat on is ping pong champion of the world. Here we go. Not even, not even threatened, Wish. Like, no one has even dared... <laughs> Uh, challenge us for the championship that's how fearsome we are this is very I mean I I fully I mean the Olympics are upcoming in Paris I mean I don't know what the qualification rounds look like (laughs) or even if two people from different countries can compete on the same team but I'm just saying you know it it's right for the pickings if you guys can do the intergender ping pong Olympic run I don't know if they have mixed doubles but let's be very very clear that is table tennis we are talking about ping pong. Just going to throw it out there. Yeah. yeah. A little bit gotcha. different, right? There is right. a, there is a, there is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. Yes. There is a difference. Hey. Well, what, what, what the way AJ I play and it, I there do. is. Yeah. <laughs> the way, and there is video to supplement this, by the way. Yeah, oh, right. so, uh, okay. Uh, so the, the difference, AJ, is that we are not getting the radar gun out for your, your hits on ping pong. Is that, that the difference? And, and you're probably not going to be like pulling out all the like libero to like watch my footsteps and watch me move around the court. Right. That's also, you know, there's, there's a little bit less analysis needed with um, our ping pong versus Olympic table tennis. Maybe not much. Sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm selling ourselves short. We'll see. We'll see what we got. Makes sense. Uh, speaking of analysis, uh, we love hearing your analysis on our games, uh, whether you're doing color commentary uh, as an analyst, whether you're in studio uh, with me coming up, which I'm really excited about. Finally, we got a couple games together this season. Uh, but why Finally. don't we do a little? Yeah, I know. I know. It's about time. Uh, why don't we do a little whip around the league, though? Uh, one team that we've talked about a lot, AJ, on the drop uh, is the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I am on that hype train. I think they're super exciting. I think this is a year that they really go places, uh, including the playoffs, the place they, <laughs> that all teams strive to go. But I'd love to know um, from your lens, where is your hype level? What is What are your thoughts on the Buffalo Sabres this season? I have been hot on the Buffalo Sabres for a couple of years since Donnie Meatballs has been behind the bench there. So <laughs> love, love, love Donnie Granato. Uh, bias because I have a long history with the Granado family, but I just think Donnie's awesome and he's uh, he's the right guy for that job. Um, 
so with that said, it's one of these things where every year I've been hot on them and they've just fallen short. Uh, so I got to, I got to stay on the bandwagon. I just think they're, I think they really have the potential um, to, to make big strides this year. I do think they made big strides last year, obviously not where Buffalo fans wanted them to go. I like some of the moves that they've made. I, I, I mean, two games in, and I'll probably say this with every question we or every topic we talk about on this podcast today, but we are only, are we even a week? We're not even a week into the season, right? Or we're a weekend, whatever we're, we're, it's October. So yeah. a lot, uh, it's a long season. It's so easy to get caught up and it's so fun to get caught up because we've had a long off season with no hockey. So those of us, uh, actually everybody, all fans of hockey are excited to have the game back and excited to have things to talk about. Um, excited to have speculations, uh, but at the same time, it's a really it's it's good to sort of look back and say, okay, we're whatever percent one percent into the I don't even know into the NHL season. Um, Tage Thompson, love him. I think he is a absolute superstar. Obviously, slow start to two games. Um, I like the the addition initially when they brought in Alex Tuck. I mean, all, all the things that people talk about. I do through two games. You have that third line, middle stats line that's that was really good and sort of carried them, even though they're zero and two. Um, and so, if you have a third line that can do that and then sort of give those the top players, the top six, to sort of ease into it, get going. Um, I, I think that is a uh, certainly a, a recipe for success. Um, their D is pretty good. I, it definitely Levi, I, I'm a big fan. I think he's young and, and goaltenders are always, to, I hate to say, and I'm a mom of a goalie. I don't know if you guys know that I've said that on broadcast before my 15 year olds, a hockey goalie, by the way, my 11 year old, a lacrosse goalie. I don't know what oh. I did to tick off the What's going on gods, in that but household? I don't yeah. know, but <laughs> I, I do think that with goalies, it's a little bit of, there's a lot of bit of luck and that sounds horrible because I know they work their tails off maybe harder but like there's catching lightning in the bottle there's no injuries there's the way the team plays in front of you there the way you come in your confidence your the mental game in the goal is so much more important than I think the the skaters out there so to see how Levi settles into the NHL season is going to be to me the biggest question mark for this team the proud mother of two people whose job it is is to deprive joy in others uh, that sounds about right. It's beautiful. I <laughs> uh, wanted to ask you about Vegas. I know you were out there looking at the Golden Knights recently. And last week we discussed on this very podcast how they might be underhyped uh, in the sense that you saw a lot of people picking Carolina, Edmonton, other teams to maybe win the Stanley Cup while there weren't a lot of people picking the Vegas Golden Knights to repeat. So having seen them, having uh, been around that team, what do you think the chances are that the Golden Knights repeat as Stanley Cup champions? So I will say I chose Carolina um, and now I've chose, chosen Carolina for a year or two or three, maybe now. So I feel like I had to sort of, sort of stick it out. Um, and, uh, but I, I did choose Vegas to win the Pacific. Um, I can't, did we pick Western Eastern conference? I can't remember if we did or not. I, I think Vegas is um, after seeing, and obviously our picks went in before the season started. So I was out there on site when Seattle was in town, banner raising out of the, slot machine i mean (laughs) being in vegas for that it was amazing like the gold carpet arrival everybody is embraced the desert has truly embraced hockey and it is a spectacle and it is so fun um watching that game and again opening night there's amazing adrenaline you don't know what and bruce cassidy told us before the game i don't know if i'm gonna be up three nothing at the end of 
one or we're going to be down three nothing with all these this adrenaline we had the ring ceremony we've had all this stuff going on they came out loaded for bear and they i i do think that that misfit mentality which we as broadcasters have talked about a lot everyone's talked about a lot right they come into the league six years ago every one on that roster was cast off or, or sort of left uh, hung out to dry by somebody in the league so every night one of them had a chip on their shoulders. One of them had something to prove. And when we talked to Cassie about that, he said, even me, the Bruins let me go. I'm now a misfit. Here I am trying yeah. to prove something and prove that they were wrong. And he, and he succeeded. Um, so with, with that said, they played that way. They played, they bullied Seattle, in my opinion. I'm not, I think Seattle is going to be a good team. And I think they have a lot of skill, but the way that that game went, it was, they just manhandled them and they were physically dominant. Um, their D is phenomenal. Um, I, the question mark last, it, it, you know, they sort of bucked the trend of having this model of what wins the Stanley Cup. And with what I mean by that is their goalies were a question mark, right? Obviously, Aiden Hill took the reins and, and left. They had five starting goalies all through the season last year. And then even who they started with wasn't who they won the cup with. Um, so I think that that's still a question mark for me, their goaltenders and how they're going to how that's going to figure it out. But Bruce Cassidy's system together with the six very, very strong defensemen. And then this sort of, there's a little bit of swagger now. There's that misfit mentality yeah. coupled with that swagger, which I think the person that embodies that the most is Jack Eichel. Yeah. Yeah, they got a few guys. I mean, him, Marsh is so, like, there's a few guys that can definitely okay. go. I think I think you're right, though, AJ. That's a really good point. Like, they've, sh they've shifted maybe a little bit from chip on the shoulder, no one believes in us, to we are the best. Like we are just going to pummel people now because we know how good our Kung Fu is. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's a whole, you know, mentality of once you win it, is there a let, let down, right? And obviously there's a whole business side of the league and the cap and everything that you just can't keep. You look at the lightning went back, back and however many years ago, you know, 10, not even 10 years ago, the let, uh, pens were 16, 17 back to back. So there's obviously some really good management by the GMs in those situations. It's a, it's basically the same team back. Riley Smith's a big piece, obviously that they're missing. Um, but they have a lot of the same guys back. And when you win, I think it does just create a little bit more hunger. It's not a, for most, most athletes, it's not a, Oh, great check that box unless you retire unless you're you know right. work and you win the you get traded to Colorado you win the cup and you're out um you know for you mentioned Arda I won the gold four years yeah. later I won a silver won a silver for a long time we lost the silver I mean lost the gold in our mind um it, it was not a I, I wish it had gone the other way but it do, didn't matter to me it's you win you want to get back on top there you want the cup again you want to be in the final you want to be competing you want to be playing that meaningful hockey so I think for Vegas um, they have the pieces, but again, and they were really lucky down the stretch, not a lot of injuries too. I mean, I mentioned that early on, there is a piece of this that is luck. They struggled with injuries throughout the season. You got Mark Stone who didn't play, hasn't played a complete season in a couple of years. And he's a big piece of them. But the fact that they were able to keep a pretty strong, resilient, healthy roster, um, during the playoffs, I think was a big key too. I promise there's a question here after <laughs> this, AJ. Can we do a very quick uh, improv scene, uh, you and oh. I? Earlier earlier in the show, we talked about the Leafs and their goal song and how it's in shambles right now. Um, I would just like to do a quick back and forth with you. Um, let, uh -oh. me, let me play the role of Austin Matthews. If it's okay, you play the role of Justin Bieber. And the scene is I'm, I'm calling you on the phone, okay? Yo, what's up? Hey, uh, do you mind recording a goal song for us, Justin? Uh, 
well, how many goals are you going to score? I'll probably get to 70. I'm going to need a really cool goal song. And, you know, we're going through this whole uh, issue, hollow notes. We can't play Kid Cudi. We can't do anything. So can you just, like, go into the studio real quick and just record something for us? <laughs> all right. All right. I uh, Give me, like, 10 or 12 minutes. I'll be right back. All right. Sounds oh. good. And if you want to bring Drake in, that's cool, too. <laughs> Done. Hey, problem solved, Wish. All right. This is it. There you go. Problem solved. 12 you minutes. You know he's going to do it, too. You know he's going to do it, too. You know I that it takes 12 minutes, AJ. That, I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, think, I, mean, I think we may have a little bit of benefit of AI going on here with Mr. Bieber. It was going to take 12 I, minutes to bang out I mean, song. honestly, you, 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 12 minutes, he already has the song. You guys know he's waiting for that call. And he's got it all planned. He doesn't even need 12 minutes. He's just pretending that he needs yep. the 12 minutes. A thousand exactly. percent. Okay. Just a giant Excel file with what rhymes with Austin. <laughs> just right, right there at his fingertips. In an Excel <laughs> file, though, you know, that because that's how all great musicians write Oh, absolutely. Their, their yeah, I mean, you um, know, so... that, that means that, that Boston somehow is going to make it into the goal sign. I don't think that's going to go over well <laughs> oh, with Leafs fans. Yeah, right, right. Um, so you picked the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup. A lot of people have the Leafs and Oilers as their Stanley Cup final, uh, as, it, it, definitely in the walls of ESPN as well. Now, I'm just curious from the lens of those within the walls teams, of this podcast. Well, I did. I, I got the I, Oilers I I winning the cup. Me, me uh, okay. The Oilers, okay. the Oilers are my yeah. are my Hurricanes. Like your Hurricanes are my Oilers. Like I'm, I just got to stay on this bandwagon until it, it it reaches the 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 destination. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And, right, and me too you. with the Leafs. But I will say, me and Levy are the only two that picked. Uh, the Leafs to win the cup this year mm. but but I'm just curious like we've been talking about these teams a lot we've been talking about the dire straits of playoff success uh, for different reasons for these two teams a lot and I'm curious from uh, like you looking at these teams how much of a boiling point or a do or die kind of year is it for both of these teams narrative or otherwise well, you know, I think for any of these teams in the league, and, and by the way, we started talking about Buffalo, there's a do or die mentality for a team like that to to make the playoffs. So there's different levels of what the expectations is uh, are for the teams for different reasons, right? And you look at both the Leafs and the Oilers, and I do think it is a, a massive boiling point for both of these teams. And, I, you know, I have the Oilers game coming up this week. Um, so I was and I was watching them in both of their actually both their games so far against Vancouver 0 and 2 and I know Oil Nation is in doesn't know what is going on but again <laughs> we're two games into 82 so they have plenty of time and plenty of talent to right the ship the question is is this just a stumble that prevents the fall for them is this the adversity that they need to get going get their you know otherworldly power play to operate at, you know, 40% or higher, get the top guns going. Um, it, is one of the goaltenders going to grab the starting spot and really own it as opposed to this huge question mark that's in goal for them? Um, I do think that you listen to both McDavid and Dreisaitl after the first blowout loss against Vancouver last week. Um, and they said it's cup or bust and they, and they, they have sort of said that for a while, but you know, even if they make the, the Stanley cup final, that's not good enough for them right now. Mm -hmm. the, where these guys are the superstar level and the, that these, those two players in particular, but a lot of guys on the team have reached um, it's, it's going to be unacceptable for them if they bow out before the final. But obviously I think for them, it is, it is cup or bust. I have to believe that if they make the Stanley Cup final, 
that it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a blow everything up utter disaster only because I go back to the there's an element of luck to this. There is always going to be an element of timing of injuries of who you're playing against of what's going on that you know hockey's a game of inches and hockey's a game of mistakes and everybody's going to make mistakes and how do they respond to those mistakes and this goes from game one to game 82 and on into the playoffs um now you go the opposite side of of of, or you go to the other conference with toronto that's been going on for a while right and they finally get out of the first round last year and everybody in leafs nation sort of breathes a sigh of relief and here we go and uh, boom. And I, I covered a couple of those games with the, with Florida in the second round. And, you know, I think that for them uh, and Art, I know, I know they're your team. I know, I know you're, you're, you follow them with, with, with extra. Yeah, exactly. Extra, a little extra love. Um, they, they're under such a microscope that unlike anything else, right. I mean, I know the Canadian markets versus the American markets, it's every market's a little different, but the Toronto market is, crazy right and you look at some of these guys who came in and and by the way austin matthews mitch marner two perfect examples of this they come in with that um that sort of childish joy of playing hockey and you could just see through the years how i go to those press conferences and they're they're guarded and you don't blame them because they are every move they make their question so there's you know and they've hired mental skills coaches they've you know, GM's gone and then they've, they've had coaches come in and out. So I do think that they have the skill. There's no question that they have the skill. What is it going to take? Is it the pressure? Is it, um, and for them, I, I think it's the same thing, cup or bust, but if you make it to the, if they make it to the Stanley cup final, that's a, okay, it, it, uh, let's not blow the, we, we're good enough to get there. It, it's just a matter of how do you, what's the next step for them? Is it personnel? Is it mental? Is it, you know, all those different things that that's why I'm in broadcasting, not in management. I don't have the answer to any of that stuff. And that's why they pay them the big bucks. All right. AJ, last one for me. 60 seconds or less. Can you explain what the Islanders are? <laughs> I'll just laugh through the first 30 seconds. Is that okay? No, not, not laugh, at the team. laugh at the question. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Not laugh at the team. Laugh at the question. Yeah. Because, oh, okay. How do, how do you explain? <laughs> I say, I'm serious. That would have been an acceptable answer. Were you going to no, laugh at no, no, seconds no, 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 the no, Islanders? No, 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 no. I will not do that. <laughs> I will not do that to the Islanders. I, I do think that um, – and I, I laugh at any – how do you explain any team in, in this league, right? I mean, it, right. It's, it's a hard one. I think the Islanders is – a tough one. And, um, and I've covered them less and less as my duties with you guys at ESPN have, have, um, just, I've gotten more, more uh, gotten busier. So I'm not on there full time. I'm not sure how much I'm going to get there this year, but, um, you know, I do think that, um, Barry Trotz did an amazing things when he came in there. I think Lane Lambert was his right-hand man and he's carried on a lot of the same things with them. It's just, they've got a lot of the same guys there. Right. And they've got, a, there haven't been, Bo Horvat looked great the other night. Um, I thought him at center is, is really good. I think, uh, I think the way Lane Lambert's moved Barzell over the wing, I think is phenomenal. Barzell should, should be a wing. He shouldn't we let him score, let him go up there and score some goals. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to have that defensive zone responsibility. Uh, Ilya Sorokin is my pick for the Vesna. I think he is a phenomenal talent. He is so good and he puts them in a position to win every night. So they got to figure out how to score goals. And I think their defense needs to, they need to figure what's going on, who they're pairing with whom I think they need to, I think they need to bring in another one or two offensive. I mean, Noah Dobson is not quite getting there. I think he will. He's, he's got, great skill he's just not quite gotten to the level that I think people expected him to get to maybe this year is his year um so you know I, 
I think the way Lou has managed this, it's very Lou Lamorello. Everybody who's been in hockey knows what he did with the Devils, what he did with Toronto. He's, he has a way about him. Lou's rules, right? No facial hair, no high numbers, all these sort of quirky things with Lou. But it, it's worked um, to some degree. It has not worked on the island. So what's next? What does he do? What, what rabbit does he pull out of his hat with the personnel he has? Or does he go out and he finds somebody like uh, J.G. Pajot or Bo Horvat, these guys that he's brought in? that are really like, they're like backbone type guys. So you bring that in, but then you need some of that youth, some of the the younger speed talent um, that I think that that's what maybe he needs to do throughout this season. But um, I'm way over 60 seconds and I didn't explain anything, but there are <laughs> my thoughts. explained everything. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> Last thing I will say is uh, your dogs are having a great time behind <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I think they're just like, rub- there they are. There they're or they're just playing they're around. Playing. I'm like, my goodness, I love no, it. No, they're playing. I will they're, tell you guys that this is a, I, I, I had to, I le- just did yoga class. I left my yoga class early so I wouldn't be late for this. And so I skipped my Shavasana. Now, Arda, oh, no. you and I have talked a lot. I don't know. It's all right. That means I'm just going to have to have a little little zen time later. But I just wanted to make sure it wasn't late for you guys. I just want to know how important the Drop Podcast is to me. That's extraordinarily. That. Uh, we're honored. You know, you you've gone from downward facing dog to a dog of a podcast, <laughs> and we are forever in your debt. Dogs uh, playing <laughs> with each other uh, on the carpet there. Yes, that's wonderful. Uh, AJ, you're the best. Uh, please come back on. Uh, can't wait to be in studio with you as well. Uh, and AJ Molesko joining us on The Drop. You rock. Thanks, guys. Well, as you can tell by seeing Greg Wyshynski right now, it is time for the search for merch. This is where we put out a call to all of the NHL teams, the league, anybody who is hockey adjacent, creating some fun merchandise in the world of hockey uh, to send it to us or to let us know that it exists so that we can showcase it. Wish, what are you wearing? So this is a a sort of a, a hooded snuggie, I guess you'd call it. We can't really call it a snuggie because it's a trademark. It's from Foco, F-O-C-O. And it's this is the Red Wings one, as you can see. Yeah, there we just see it on YouTube if you're watching there. Uh, this is a hooded blanket. And it is the most comfortable, softest thing you could imagine. Uh, perfect for the winter months. Perfect for like, snuggling on the couch or throwing it on when you go walk the dog in the morning uh they had all the nhl teams available and uh it's certainly very comfortable arda so while while it may look like a uh a a sith dressed for valentine's day at this point with the (laughs) red wings snuggie on uh the good folks at foco have made a really cool product so go go check it out you can see the inside very warm very very little lamb like a little lammy uh if you like wearing a blanket, man, that's what you should do. You, you look like you're about to tell me about the tragedy of Darth Iserman the Wise. <laughs> well, it's With also good on. if you're a fan of a really bad team, like maybe the Red Wings, uh, you could take the hood and cover your eyes with it so you don't have to watch them <laughs> lose. So it's now, very functional. You're, now you're a full Sith Lord doing that. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I love that you picked the Red Wings, though. Why the Red Wings? Uh, it was the one that was available to me uh, <laughs> in my my collection of several. I love it. That's the one. I got this. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to try to be as serious as possible for mine. Mine is not funny at all. Uh, I have a puck here. Uh, I found this on eBay, actually. Uh, shout out to Eric Lowe, who works in our programming oh, department. Yeah. He has one on his desk, and I got inspired to look for it. 
Um, this is a puck from ESPN's 1,000th game. So this is the 1,000th game that ESPN did. You can tell by the logo, it's been a while, uh, the ESPN2 logo there. Do you want to take a guess, Wish, uh, the year in which ESPN's 1,000th NHL game occurred? Okay, so if it's got an ESPN2 logo on it, that's going to tell me that it's in the early 1990s, which I will say is 1990. Six. Great guess. Only two years off. Very impressive. It was March 8th, 1998. 98. All right. The, uh, it was a Battle of Pennsylvania, the Penguins versus the Flyers. Uh, that was the 1000th game. So uh, I always scour eBay for random stuff like this, and I'm glad I found it. I did not find your poncho, though, shockingly. I, I don't know why that's not. I mean, listed. it. You know, you got to know where to look, but that's awesome. And, you know, the, the ESPN2 logo to me is something that I think about a lot when it comes to the drop. I, I'm wondering if there is a way for us to just use that font for the show, because honestly, like I see that font. I think hockey, I think uh, Bucciagras and Ferraro yep. and Melrose. I think about uh, Mountain Dew, Extreme Sports. <laughs> Mountain Dew, of course, naturally. I think about grunge. I think yeah. about all the great things yeah. in the 1990s, and I think that we should adopt that font for our logo if we can. Maybe that'll be the search for merch logo with that font. Yep. That might be cool. That'd be awesome. Uh, that'll be it for us on the drop. Thank you very much, AJ, for joining us on the show. Uh, thank you all for watching and listening. Remember, twice weekly on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your audio, as well as the NHL on ESPN YouTube. Uh, Wish, you're going to have to wear that all day now. I hope you just walk around the neighborhood with that on. And nothing else. Uh, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>